Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. I might also add a giant podcast every single day. What we do is we take the radio show, we make it into the podcast, we divide it into two segments so it's a little more portable, and put it up on all the digital media platforms. A lot of people hear the show that way, or they like to hear things that we've uh, done on the show again. So all you got to do is go to Newsmax.com slash listen, if you would, Newsmax.com slash listen, if you would like to uh, listen to the uh, the podcast. Share it with other people. Do a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It would be great. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. You know, it is interesting. They got another hearing on Capitol Hill. Witnesses testify on Biden's border policy. <clears throat> right now, we're running footage on uh, on Newsmax about it, and uh, and uh, the Democrats are going to dem- uh, they're going to first of all they're going to in the in the session they're going to do everything they can to deride all the witnesses like they did with uh, the FBI collusion and all that last week, and uh, and Joe Biden uh, investigation they will do that they'll do everything they can to tear down the FBI whistle like they did the FBI whistleblowers that'll happen and then the mainstream media will just ignore it, but guess what it's cutting through. These hearings are proving to be very powerful as a weapon of uh, educating the public. It's pretty remarkable, actually. I told you this. I mean, uh, there was a question asked by uh, Harvard uh, Harris. They said, uh, do you believe that Hunter Biden was involved in illegal influence peddling and tax evasion, or do you think he was not involved in such crimes? Sixty-three percent of Americans say, yeah, we think the Biden family's corrupt. 53% of respondents said that President Biden engaged in a legal influence peddling scheme. And then there's also this. Uh, when it comes to uh, 70% of voters have significant concerns about the interference by the FBI and intelligence agencies in a future presidential election. So even though ABC, CBS, NBC, PBS, PBR, MSNBC are ignoring the story altogether, it's getting through and their audiences are shrinking because of it. Because they know they can't trust the deep state, and they certainly can't trust the media. Amazing things are happening right now with regard to podcasts and the new media and all of this stuff. And people are moving away from the traditional media because they know they're being played, and they don't like it. Not in a country that values freedom of speech. It's pretty remarkable. It's pretty cool that it's happening. Oh, 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 Bud Light is going to buy back unsold expired beer amid the boycott. So if you've got a swimming pool you're thinking about filling right now, I think the cheapest way to do it is just fill it with Bud Light, to be quite honest. I mean, it's a real close to water. Might even burn your eyes less than, uh, you know, all that chlorine and everything. So, yeah, Bud Light reportedly told wholesalers that the company would buy back cases of unsold expired beer amid the ongoing boycott of Anheuser-Busch brands. Does Bud Light go bad? Doesn't it start off bad? <laughs> a little joke there. A little cheap beer joke there, you know. I drank Bud Light right out of college because that was like, you know, I was used to drinking Milwaukee's Best, <clears throat> which makes you wonder if this is Milwaukee's Best, what the hell happened to Milwaukee? 
But I, I got out of Kyle and started drinking Bud Light. And then uh, as there's some study came out about carbs. And so I uh, started drinking Miller Light. And then I started drinking, uh, you know, beer that actually tastes good. So, uh, you know, <laughs> sorry, I'm insulting all the I'm not meaning to insult you. I, I, when I did drink, I did like a good beer, like a, like a, a you know, a smaller brewery like Summit, uh, maybe uh, a nice uh, Guinness, Guinness, a nice rich dark beer there, or or a, a, a Hefeweizen, which is a wheat beer, one of my favorites. But never, 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 ever went back to. Uh, to Bud Light. Um, Mark Meadows was on with Rob Schmidt last night, and apparently the uh, Kevin McCarthy met with the president today about the budget uh, negotiations and all this. Nothing was accomplished. Uh, Joe Biden is thinking he has the same, uh, you know, uh, ability to play uh, as perhaps other Democrats have, where they use the uh, threat of a government shutdown or the threat of a government default as a weapon to make sure that the Republicans look terrible. But more and more people are saying that actually what's going to happen is that Democrats are going to look terrible and Joe Biden is going to look terrible and all that stuff. But here is uh, Mark Meadows last night talking about uh, the nonsense. Now, I remember when I, I opened the show today, <clears throat> And I said that the biggest growing retail segment in America by far is dollar stores. Do you know why? It's not because people have extra money to go buy superfluous nonsense they don't really need. They don't want to need to go to dollar store to buy refrigerator magnets or Christmas decorations or spatulas and all that stuff. They're going because they need to feed their families. And so they're having to go to a dollar store, discount store, to buy their groceries Dollar Store was never meant to be a grocery store. It was meant to take discontinued merchandise, maybe close to expiration merchandise, merchandise that wasn't moving very well, discount the crap out of it, and sell it to you and me for a dollar, presumably. Now everything at Dollar General or Dollar Tree is a dollar twenty-five. Thank you, inflation. Oh, I noticed it last night. I went to, uh, went to Walmart, and, and I used to buy movie candy there for 98 cents. For my daughter, she's having a big party for graduation. We're going to do a movie party. So I went and bought movie candy. Guess what it is now? $1.29 since Joe Biden took office. That's a 33% increase since Joe Biden took office. Here is Mark Meadows talking about the nonsense. Uh, you and I have to shop at Dollar Store, but the government still spends money on a whole lot of crap. We're in, in right now, we're paying $41 million is proposed to help illegals avoid deportation. Yeah. You know, when, when you look at this, and that's going to a Soros-aligned group, uh, $680 billion with a B for green energy. I mean, we could pay uh, all our troops yeah. uh, their their salaries for almost four years on that amount of money. Listen, they're talking about they, they may have made progress today at the White House with Speaker McCarthy and Joe Biden. I'm, I'm telling you, uh, I think Doug will agree. That's yeah. happy talk. They're not making <laughs> progress because they want to spend your money. Absolutely. So you shop at Dollar Store, and we live high on the hog, and you pay for it. That's the way it works. That's what it's all about. Am I holding my breath on anything major coming out of this budget negotiation that's going to show that the federal government is actually interested in cutting? No, not one little bit. No. It's not how they play. It's just not how they do it. It's uh, pretty sad and pathetic. That's why so many people are very angry. So I had mentioned to you why I thought Tucker Carlson uh, was fired, and I stick by it. Uh, I believe he was pushed out because he was the one person at uh, Fox who was pursuing the stories that people are very interested in. 
such as uh, the Hunter Biden laptop, the war in Ukraine, why the uh, why the pipeline, why the Russian pipeline was blown up, the Nord Stream, why was who did it? Uh, Ray Epps, January the sixth, January the sixth, literally a story that uh, uh, Chuck Schumer told uh, Fox to shut down and kill the story the day that Tucker Carlson exposed the videotape of inside the Capitol that showed that the supposed uh, insurrectionists were led into the Capitol and caused no damage in the Capitol, and they opened it two hours later. Now we find out through congressional testimony last week the reason why the FBI doesn't want to see the videotapes or us seeing the videotapes is because they had so many operatives in the crowd lending credence to what I have said, which was January the 6th was a Reichstag moment. It was a setup. And it was headed by the same agency that tried to throw the 2016 election and successfully did it in 2020. I'm not going to go through the evidence again. If you want to listen to the first hour of the show, you may. But it's very clear that the FBI was involved and Tucker Carlson was exposing it and Chuck Schumer said shut it down and they did. Tucker Carlson about a month later delivered a monologue where I said he was effectively flipping off the management of Fox, and that night Tucker was let go. And that's what I think actually happened. He was fired for what uh, one might call insubordination. But uh, this, uh, and I love this guy, Chadwick Moore. He was a freaking guest with uh, Tucker. I, I enjoy his, uh, his take on things. Uh, a lot of the times it's cues toward the conservative gay end of the political spectrum and issues because he is a gay man. Uh, and, and like I said, I admire uh, the way he talks. I think he's a, a very, uh, a very uh, a good speaker, and he's got some great ideas. Anyway... <clears throat> He was on Newsmax last night to talk about uh, Tucker Carlson, why he was fired, talking with Eric Bowling. Here's Chadwick Moore on why he believes, and by the way, he's written a new uh, biography about Tucker Carlson, uh, why he was fired. Uh, it's multiple sources who both said this to me, uh, people who are very, very close to the situation and who would know and who I have no reason to believe that they are lying. Uh, and this is what they've said. So, of course, as you, uh, you, that's that's what I have to go on here, and I have more in the book, but as uh, as you said, Dominion has denied this. Fox has also denied this. Uh, but yet they don't offer any other explanation for this. Now, they, they had said that it was part of the Dominion settlement that Tucker Carlson would be let go. Now, I don't know everything about contractual law. I have had many contracts in my life. And I believe that if a lawsuit, the one of the contingents of the lawsuit would be fire someone on your staff then that person immediately becomes an independent contractor and can do anything that they want. So that's why I don't think that is uh, true. I don't think that is the reason why he was fired. Uh, and, you know, with, when this happened, so this happened on Monday, April 24th, Tucker had already written his monologue for that evening. I've seen that monologue and what he planned to talk about. And what was in that monologue, by the way? Here's Chadwick Moore on what was on uh, Tucker. What his monologue was going to talk about on Monday the 24th was a lot about January 6th and a lot about Ray Epps. And it was also going to talk a lot about um, AOC and others in government calling for his show to be pulled off the air, which, of course, is an ironic twist. Uh, and AOC had gone on MSNBC that Saturday before and said that he should be, people like him should be arrested, basically. Uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting, right? Wasn't it uh, uh, Chuck Schumer who said, uh, kill this story? And then AOC said that he should be tired, fired. 
and then he's doing a, a big monologue on the FBI the following Monday. You don't think that that uh, the censorship industrial complex may have had something to do with the censorship of Tucker Carlson? You don't suppose that the heavy was being laid on uh, Fox News by the powers that be in Washington, D.C.? It's fairly obvious. I mean, Chuck Schumer literally said, shut down the January 6th story. And Fox dutifully went along with it, probably because they didn't want to face the wrath of the deep state. Really? Uh, here's a little bit more on uh, on uh, Chadwick Moore talking about actually the uh, uh, the Murdoch supported Tucker Carlson's investigative work. Well, he doesn't point. He's not bitter at Fox. You know, he had nice things to say. He had nice things to say about the Murdochs. I asked him directly, you know, if any of the issues that he took an opposing stance on, such as the war in Ukraine, might have been the reason for this. He said maybe, but he was very flat out and said the Murdochs support Zelensky. They support the, the effort that's going on there. Tucker obviously does not. And uh, Lachlan Murdoch had had dinner with him in February 2022 and even said, like, look, we disagree on Ukraine, but you are free to say what you like on your show. And I'm happy to disagree. So Tucker was always very grateful for that. He was always very grateful for the support of the network. And uh, for the Murdochs, who he obviously disagreed with plenty of people on the network and, and uh, in the executive uh, suite, uh, but they still always allowed him to say what yeah. he wanted to say. Yeah, until he did the expose on January the 6th, and Chuck Schumer said, shut it down, and Fox did it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, uh, Fox is also quietly enforcing woke pro-transgender workplace policies on its employees, by the way even while it poses as a critical source of news about transgenderism. So they've got an employee handbook that talks about gender transition. Uh, it is dedicated to expanding and strengthening efforts to sustain a more inclusive work environment, unless you're not into uh, a guy coming into your bathroom as a woman. Then that's a problem. So there's that as well. All right, so come on. I'm going to move on to some other things, including the NAACP issuing a travel warning to Florida. That's uh, about one of the dumbest things I've heard in a very long time, particularly since about 40% of the Florida population are non-white. And then Chicago, uh, one of its, uh, one of it is, I mean, like the icon of Chicago, other than what was the Sears Tower, is apparently ready to leave Chicago because of their new, na their new mayor. That's all on the way. The number is 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. Here's to a record-setting president. Joe Biden setting record low approval ratings. What the Democrats have put our nation through, it is a sad day. It's the Rob Carson Show. So the NAACP thinks that it has the, uh, the power to tell people, black people don't go to Florida. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, the NAACP, hold on, hold on. Uh, the, the NAACP, who thinks it's still relevant, the NAACP, literally whose initials mean National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, literally, they're telling black people, don't go to Florida because racism. I mean, there's nothing that could expose the NAACP, as Rush used to call them, as a completely worthless, dated principle solely devoted to Democrat politics, which have destroyed the black community. I mean, I don't think it could lay it even bare even more because everybody wants to go to Florida. 
All right. Uh, I hate to tell you this, but uh, uh, the NAACP is not going to convince any person of color not to go to Florida when Florida is calling with its zero sales tax, lower regulation, awesome weather, occasionally weird people who do weird stuff and get arrested for it. But other than that, Florida absolutely kicks butt and America's moving there. You know why? Because Democrat states suck. That's why. But the NAACP is saying that because uh, Ron DeSantis is uh, banning CRT from public schools, which, by the way, the left three years ago absolutely denied was being taught in schools. But when we discovered he was being taught in schools, they suddenly decided to embrace it and say, uh, yeah, uh, and if you don't believe with CRT, you're a racist. That's how un- that, the, the argument for CRT just killed itself. It's over. They denied it. They were shamed of it. They knew what it was there for when we recognized what it was there for and that it was being taught in primary schools and we rejected it. That's when the left suddenly embraced it and said, if you don't like it, you're a racist. Same, same goes with transgender surgery, sex and sexuality of children in schools. They call you transphobe. If you don't agree with, you know, a drag queens with pasties reading to children, then you're suddenly transphobic. You're suddenly thisphobic. You're always a hater. You're always, and you, you're always that. And they always expose themselves as complete and utter hypocrites and complete and political tools. This is uh, Byron Donalds, who, by the way, I, I will be uh, on a presidential ticket uh, within, I don't know, a few years, if not 2024, and, and we'll be running for president because the guy is freaking fantastic. He's a freshman legislature, le- legislator. He's intelligent, and he, and he calls out the establishment, particularly the race hustlers in Washington, D.C. Here's Byron Donalds talking about the idiocy of the NAACP telling black people, don't go to Florida because racism. Look, I've lived in Florida since 1996 after I graduated high school. Uh, I went to college, um, got married, started a career probably because you're a white supremacist you know live normal life went to church raised kids uh coached sports you know yesterday when the miami heat they were actually, and congratulations to the heat going up 3-0 in the boston celtics by the way but when the miami heat you know were beating down the celtics last night in miami tnt was showing footage of different boats in the water mm-hmm. and on a bunch of these different boats are black people having a good time out on the water i don't even know what the naacp is talking about they must have escaped the kkk that's so big and prevalent in Florida. This is silly and it's dumb. It's political. It makes no sense. We're doing a significantly better job helping black Americans succeed. Um, and it's not just about me. It's about all the millions of black people that live in our state. Do you feel ho- hostility? <laughs> no. no. I, again, this is so dumb. I don't even know what we're talking about, man. <laughs> the only hostility I feel is this inflation hitting my pocketbook. I'll tell you that. Because that inflation hitting everybody, that is hostile. They should get Willem Dafoe. And they should do a sequel to Mississippi Burning called Florida Burning because of all the racism in Florida. Wow. NAACP. Could you be less relevant? Absolutely irrelevant. This is this is Aisha Mills. I never heard of it. Aisha Mills. She was talking to Nicole Wallace on MSNBC. Have you ever watched Nicole Wallace? I mean... I just, wow, how do people like this get a job that pays so much on national television? Uh, honestly, I just watch her. Just watch watch the show. 
Watch the the uh, the stream of consciousness that comes out of her brain. It's it's completely nonsensical, completely nonsensical. Anyway, here she is interviewing Nick, uh, uh, Isha Mills, who uh, checks a couple boxes. She's a black lesbian, and she just got back from Florida, where her family enjoyed a break. But all of a sudden, Florida is a really dangerous, awful place. Even though she just got back from Florida on a vacation with her family. I think it was extremely clever um, and, and I really appreciate the NAACP's guidance uh, on this issue. You know, I just took my family. It's to- not guidance. It's extortion. It's not guidance at all. It's, it's a political fallacy. It's a story created to injure political opposition for a legislation you, dis- you disagree with. That's what it is. It's nothing cute about it. There's no guidance associated with it. It's a spring break in Florida recently, and I think about all of the folks who traveled there for sun and joy um, and peace and restoration. And to be reminded that actually this is getting to the point where Florida is about to be a terrorist state to, to many of us here. Florida is about to be a terrorist state. Who says that? Who the hell says that? What in the hell is she talking about? Only if she's tried to be uh, injurious and inflammatory. This, all this race nonsense that's being called out, all of a sudden the United States of America is, the, is the, the worst racial position it's been in forever, is absolutely nonsense. Made up of whole cloth. I've been saying this for years Years and years and years. It's absurd on the face of it. Every country in the world has a racist past. At some point in their, in their creation, uh, they, that there was racism involved. It is not, not unique to the United States of America, but I will tell you the greatest black people who are icons, historic icons, nearly exclusively come from the United States of America. Why is that? In America, certainly as a lesbian, as a black woman, I don't want to have anything to do with the place. Um, as a lesbian and a black woman, you wouldn't want to go to Florida. Well, have you been to the Keys lately? Yeah. And I think about all the other people who don't want to travel there either, and so I think it was... Like, like who? Like like who? All, all of the name names. Give me a list of people who say they're never going to go to Florida because of Ron DeSantis' racist policies. And then I'll tell you about all the African-American NAACP board members who live there. Leon Russell, 73, has lived in Florida his entire adult life after growing up in Virginia. He lives in a two-bedroom home in North Tampa. He is one of the uh, chairmen on the NAACP board. Karen B. Towns, the NAACP co-chair and member of the board who also enjoys vacationing in Clearwater. Yeah. Now, uh, Christian Ziegler is the chairman of the Florida GOP, and now he is offering... The NAACP members who live in Florida, even though it's a racist, terrorist state. It's a terrorist state, by the way, and if you knew that. I was just in Florida last year. I, I didn't see a lot of terrorism. It's weird. But anyway, he's, just, he's saying that uh, the chairman of the NAACP who lives in Atlanta or in Tampa, Florida, true leadership is being willing to do what you're asking others to do. Time to step up and move. If you think our state is so bad, the Florida GOP will help you with your moving costs. And I say, hell yeah. Why would you live in such a hellhole unless you're just making 
everything up for political purposes because the NAACP gets a whole lot of Democrat money uh, exclusively. And they want to keep the gravy train coming. And occasionally, every once in a while, the uh, the big guys in Washington, D.C. tell the NCAA or NAACP, what the NAACP? Anyway, they tell the NAACP to, to move and they do it. They do it. Absolutely ridiculous. Here's a little more from Aisha Mills, who says that Florida is a terrorist state. Very clever on behalf of the NAACP. I thank them uh, for issuing this broad uh, guidance. And, you know, really what it does is it turns a remarkable, uh, I think, lens on the United States and highlights how bigotry and bias and ignorance do as much harm uh, as we accuse other countries uh, of doing to people that they See, suppress. This is, this is classic leftist. This is a classic community organizer crap that came from the Barack Obama uh, handbook, Hate America. Barack Obama enjoyed the largesse of America. He grew up in, you know, in Hawaii, the Punahou School, private school, uh, white uh, grandmother, the whole deal, taking care of his every whim, went to an Ivy League school, come, comes back, graduates, been indoctrinated, indoctrinated completely to hate America, and then spews this, this nonsense about being America being so racist, even though he has enjoyed riches and success that the top zero 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 one percent of americans ever ever even dream of states and highlights how bigotry and bias and ignorance do as much harm uh as we accuse other countries uh, of doing to people that they suppress yeah um it's uh, ridiculous on the face of it and i think it's where it's wearing very thin on the american people i literally said i said 30 years ago as a as a uh uh, uh, small town radio guy in Columbia, Missouri. I said sooner or later, sooner or later, uh, the, uh, the the calling racism, crying racism, is going to fall on deaf ears. And and thank God, it only took thirty years to finally get here. Finally got here. But this is the kind of the insane rhetoric you get from leftists. This is Joy Reid. Joy Reid, uh, you know, she says that uh, in America, not only does this other person on MSNBC say, say that, that Florida is a terrorist state, Trump is a Nazi. I can go on all this, these uh, pejoratives, all these, you know, I don't know where you go with it after this. I don't know if you call somebody a terrorist state, how, how does it get worse than that? How can, you, how can you ever say anything to go after Florida that would be worse than that? But here's Joy Reid talking on a show this weekend who's saying that people who are pro-life are the Taliban, are worse than the Taliban. This is the kind of rhetoric that's going on in America, and it's beginning, if it hasn't already, to fall on deaf ears because people are realizing it's a bunch of crap meant to divide us. It felt very Taliban to me, and, and, and I, you know, I bring up Taliban a lot with my, my, my poor beleaguered team, but the thing about Republicans now. I can see why your team is poor and beleaguered because they have to work with you every day. Is that they are acting in a very Taliban-esque way. They are a religious group of extremists who they definitely <laughs> don't care about children. They want to control women. They want total control. No, wait, wait, wait. This is the party that literally is saying that men can become women and then the year after they become women, beat the crap out of women in sports, destroy their athletic careers, 
erase women, uh, move men who have become women uh, ahead of women to become women of the year, uh, actively doing their level best to get rid of labels like daughter and mother. And they're saying people who want babies to survive the womb are terrorists like the Taliban. Over women. And they are exercising that control. Let's put up the map. All across the former slave states and in states in the West that they control, while women have no power to stop them, or a few like Trisha Cotham join them. Yeah, this, and, and, and again, you, these, uh, when you equate whatever with terrorism, when your argument consists of screaming the word racist, you've lost the argument. This will not impact Florida in any way, shape, or form. California, they did a boycott of uh, Florida and Texas. A state travel not allowed there. You know what happened? Ended up costing California even more, which is why they have a $30 billion budget deficit now. And as far as I'm concerned, let the Democrats uh, commit Harry Carey on their own. They're doing a great job. All right, let's take a break and come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. For all those who are sick and tired of people moving to D.C. and spending their entire lives telling us how to live ours, it's The Rob Carson Show. Apparently, there are caravans of black people escaping Florida for it being a terrorist state that is full of uh, racists. At least that's what Aisha Mills says. She told uh, Nicole Wallace on MSNBC, even though she just took her family there for vacation, suddenly it's a terrible, racist, awful place. I just took my family to, to spring break in Florida recently, and I think about all of the folks... You should be arrested for child abuse. ...who traveled there for sun and joy um, and peace and restoration. And to be reminded that actually this is getting to the point where Florida's about to be a terrorist state. To, yeah, to yeah. Nobody believes you. Shut up. Nobody believes you, not one little bit. It's foolish to say so. And people are tired of these, uh, the nonsense. People are tired of the nonsense. I, you know, honestly, really, really being tired of called racist and America sucks. They always think the worst of America. Everybody thinks the worst of America. Barack Obama always thought, uh, always thought the worst of America. Every time something happens, it's because America's a racist and all that. And it always ends up being a big fat lie. Just a big fat lie. You know, I, I grew up, uh, you know, in the in the 70s and 80s, and uh, uh, racism is real, of course, whatever. Um, but, you know, there are a whole lot of people who are born into poverty in this country. There are a lot of uh, people who are considered to be uh, privileged, who their entire lives are spent in poverty in the United States of America. And they don't, they gain nothing from being white privilege. They live in coal mining towns and they live in trailer parks in southern Missouri and Arkansas and Mississippi and they live in small towns where I mean I, when I was driving I took a vacation to Florida last year the, the evil uh, racist and awful terrorist state of Florida. I drove and, and we had to take back roads because of uh, road construction and whatnot and I, it was an enormous blessing to me because I got to go through all these little towns where black and white live together and frequently live together in poverty. 
And, and if you drive down the main street, a good deal of the, uh, the stores are boarded up, and you drive by trailers that look like nobody could possibly live there. And then you see a beat-up car with a taped, broken-out window pull up, and somebody get out of the car and go into this hellhole carrying a couple Dollar General bags. Or, or if they don't have a car because they can't afford cars anymore, walking along the, along the side of the road with bags from Dollar General. I saw that a lot. Black people and white people. And, and this, this nonsense that somehow we're worse than the Jim Crow South, which, by the way, was a Democrat policy, is ridiculous, is utterly, utterly ridiculous. And this is why so many people are saying no to this BS. I live in uh, Johnson County, Kansas. It's on the uh, Kansas side of Kansas City. And I don't care if you're black or white or whatever. If there's a black man on the side of the road and he's got a, a tire that's out and he's trying to struggle with a, a half a dozen people will stop their cars and help that man out regardless of his skin color. It's not even an option. I live in an area where literally just down the block there are duplexes and they are populated by Mexican families who literally four or five vehicles parked out in front of each one of these homes because they all live there because that's all they can afford. And they're migrant families. And they chose to come here, but there are white people living there too. Same thing. So this, this, this idea that somehow that, that uh, the white people live high on the hog, much higher than uh, anybody else in the country, is nonsensical. And, uh, and people who say things like Florida is racist because it doesn't uh, uh, promote the, uh, the CRT vision of America, which tells white kids that they should be hated because they're privileged and black kids to uh, uh, think the worst of America because they have no chance of succeeding because it's, it is a racist country. It's nonsense. It's all all nonsense. Now, I've got some uh, really interesting things coming up next hour, including a high school kid who had her dreams dashed by a boy who suddenly decided to run track with the girls his senior year. Uh, this has really hit a peak. Also, Chicago is going to hell in a handbasket with their new mayor, and he's only been mayor for a week. All of that is coming up, and your number or your, your calls at 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. Hour number three of The Rob Carson Show. Here's the number, 800-922-6680. This is the uh, Memorial Day weekend. A lot of people, I'm assuming, are taking the uh, the week off or uh, laying low. And uh, if you are, congratulations for the rest of us. I'll be here till Friday. I'm taking Monday off because I'm sure my wife will find a bunch of stuff for me to do around here. So that's my, uh, that's my glorious weekend. Honey-do list, regardless of uh, what, what the holiday is, uh, what's going on. Anyway, I've got a lot of things I want to get to, including the uh, descent of uh, Chicago into hell. Um, <clears throat> Chicago... <laughs> I used to go to Chicago every year. Uh, Chicago was the first, uh, the first air, airline flight I ever took. Show you how, you know, what a small town boy I was. And we were, you know, pretty poor. And the uh, first time I flew in a jet was when I was 21 years old. <laughs> I went my entire 
uh, adolescents, no pizza delivery or Chinese food delivery. Lived on a farm. If you wanted something delivered, you'd go out and kill it yourself or pick it and then come in and cook it. <laughs> but I remember going to Chicago and flying in and then, and then going down to Michigan Avenue and looking at that, uh, that avenue of uh, buildings that uh, go up, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, 80 stories. And then, uh, then the, 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 you know, the right side of, if you're, depending on which way you're facing, but then the, the shore of the lake there and everything. And, and I remember uh, the hotel that I stayed at, I looked out and I looked over at this big building called the Chicago Mercantile. It's a gigantic building. It's like, I mean, it's, it's huge. And I was like, oh, my God, what is that? Is this a Chicago Mercantile? Well, apparently, um, the allies of Chicago's new Brandon Johnson, the mayor, have released an economic plan called, are you ready for this? First, we get the money. Uh, What they're doing is they're planning on going after the financial industry. So uh, the New York Post is now saying that the iconic Chicago Mercantile Exchange opened in 1898, uh, only 27 years after the Great Chicago Fire, uh, it has been a, a major part of the city's rebirth, helped establish the Windy City as a world financial hub. Well, now they're considering pulling up stakes and getting the hell out. Because uh, Johnson, who is a uh, far-left socialist, even left of Lori Lightfoot, has proposed new taxes to the tune of $800 million, including a financial transactions tax that would make it virtually impossible for the Chicago Mercantile to do business in Chicago. And according to a recent interview with Bloomberg, the uh, mercantile CEO, Terry Duffy, said the exchange is prepared to leave Chicago if we have to. And I think it's, I think that's fine. I think it sucks. I love Chicago. Always wanted to be in Chicago. I've done a lot of time on WLS for my home studio. When I, when I went to Chicago that first time to the radio convention, I wanted to be on a Chicago radio station. I wanted to live in Chicago. I've been to the, the Taste of Chicago every summer. I've been to sporting events in Chicago. I've been to Wrigleyville in, Wrigleyville in Chicago. I love me some Chicago deep dish pizza, but I wouldn't live in Chicago right now. I wouldn't. And they just came up with this new uh, uh, first we get the money plan. Build a Chicago that means our economy gets to grow by rerouting the rivers of prosperity to the base of investment, whatever that means. So that's what they want to do. They want to do. The name chosen by the Action Center on Race uh, and the economy is Acre, by the way. Uh, The Acre Policy Group um, is uh, apparently uh, named after the, you know, 40 mules or 40 acres and a mule kind of thing. And uh, they want to come up with uh, $12 billion in new taxes in Chicago. By the way, Chicago's uh, budget last year was $16 billion. So these cities are going to kill themselves. These Democrat leaders in, these, in cities like, uh, like San Francisco and Chicago, they're going to kill the cities. They're going to make them into Detroit. And that's fine. I think uh, it sucks. It sucks for the residents of Chicago. But uh, unfortunately, you keep putting idiots in charge. And uh, I have a feeling that uh, some of that is a lot of union money being spent in Chicago, a lot of lies and whatnot. And, you know, and this is the thing in, in places like Chicago, and I've said this forever, 
the uh, the uh, organizations, uh, the Democrat Party, they always promise a lot of things. They always say they're going to do great things for black people in places like Chicago, and they never do. What they do is they promise and they promise and they promise. Then Election Day comes and black people vote, you know, 97 percent for Democrats. And what do the does the Democrat Party do? They get up the morning after the election. They leave money on the dresser and they walk out. That's what they do. That's what they do. And they've gotten to the point that they don't even care. That they are so convinced that black people will vote for Democrats that they don't give a crap about black kids in schools. They don't give a crap about black crime. The only shootings they care about are the mass shootings that happen with the weapon that they decide is the, uh, the enemy of the month to go after the Second Amendment. It's really quite stunning. That's why so many people of color are leaving the Democrat Party. That's why so many people of color are hearing the NAACP saying, don't go to Florida, it's racist. And they're going, you know what, really shut up. How about make things better in Chicago or San Francisco or East St. Louis or St. Louis or Gary, Indiana, or I can go on and on, that have been under Democrat Baltimore, have been under Democrat rule for 50, 60 years, and the Democrats have given them zero Nothing, nothing, nothing. So I say, let these big cities fail. California's on the verge of bankruptcy. Let them go bankrupt. The, the federal budget, if we can't reach it, Donald Trump says, might as well, might as well default now. We're going to default eventually. And I think most Americans are looking at what's happening in Washington, D.C. with regard to this budget, and they're saying, I don't really give a damn. I've already lost my house. I've already lost my business. I've already lost this, already that. I can't shop here. I can't do this. I have three jobs. That's why the unemployment rate is so low. It's because people are working three jobs to pay the bills they had two years ago. The same bills. So there's that. We do have a call from David in Indiana. I wanted to talk about a uh, guest we had. We had Dave Rubin on yesterday, who I I really thoroughly enjoy as a, a political pundit. We disagree on the issue of who should be the Republican candidate. He's a DeSantis guy. I'm a, I'm a, a Trump guy, you know. And uh, and David wanted to talk about that. David, welcome to the show, my friend. What's going on? Hi, Rob. I enjoy your show. Thank you. On podcast, I'm always a day behind. So I was listening <laughs> to that yesterday. Yes. And what are your thoughts? Well, you know, I, Ruben, I, I, I enjoy listening to Ruben. I'm really on the same track with him and a bunch of others, he said something that he contradicted himself when he was talking to you that bothered me. I agreed with everything he said at the beginning of the interview when, he, when you asked him about uh, what was taking place, and he said, yeah, uh, I, I don't think our government should be retaliatory, but, boy, some of the things that they've done, something's got to happen or there's not going to be any changes. And then he expounded on that for a while. And then in the last part of the interview, you were talking. He was talking about how he was a supporter of DeSantis, and you said, "Yeah, well, I'm a supporter of Trump, and I understand the difference, but either one would be okay." And he said, "Yeah, the problem I have with Trump is that he uh, his retribution thing that he has." And I thought to myself, "Well, that's exactly what you said you wanted." So that's yeah. the hangup I had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. You know, Dave did the uh, the typical. Um, and I wouldn't say that he's typical, but he is hes using a line that so many people use about Donald Trump. One of them is that they think he's rude on Twitter. They're twi- tired of the Twitter drama. 
To which I say, this is a man who's been savaged by the media for seven years. On a nightly basis, 97% of the stories have been negative. Uh, and then they've also gone after his supporters uh, and called us all the names that they have called him. So A, I do want retribution, and, and B, I want him to be genuine, and I want him to hit back. I don't, we don't have time for civility when people call you a racist or a white supremacist. There is no civility there. There is no, oh, you're being so rude to the people who called you racist. I don't have time for that nonsense, David. And, and nothing against uh, Dave Rubin at all. But I'm telling you, he's off the mark on this. And, and a lot of rhinos, they're the ones who are saying that they don't like Trump because he's so rough or he's so uncouth or he's so this. And honestly, I was, I was down with that until I realized that softening the edges on your, on your messaging doesn't do anything to get them off your butt doesn't do the, anything to stop them from trying to destroy you and your movement. So the best way to do it is to hit right back. And that's why I, I just don't think we have time to be uh, kind. I don't think we have time to be civil if we are greeted with incivility. That's where I disagree, David. What do you think about that? No, I agree with you. I think you're speaking for the biggest bulk of the uh, hardcore uh, Trump supporters. You know, we've watched, outside of Reagan, Reagan could politely make him feel like crap. That was okay. But everybody else uh, since Reagan, uh, it's always been, you know, we have to be the soft person. They can be as mean as they want. They can do as nasty a things as they want. And it's okay because they're Democrats and it'll come for them. Well, David, did you hear? Did you hear Rod, Rod DeSantis this morning? Did you hear the uh, the woman on uh, on uh, MSNBC? She says that Florida is a terrorist state. How do you greet? How do you greet that, Ron DeSantis? How do? What do you say to that person? Well, you know, maybe we should sit down and talk about it. No, you don't. You say, you know what? Screw you. We're not a racist state. And here's the deal: don't come here. How about that? <laughs> like I said, I think you're speaking for the bulk of right. the uh, Trump supporters. And once Trump's in. Uh, I hope he breaks a lot of China and that China shop, and I hope he fires a lot of those GS-15s and a lot of those upper executive peoples in every third-letter organization. I mean, I was in the military for 26 years, and I just got a gut feeling that uh, the day he shows up in the office, he's going to tell every single flag officer and all the services, starting with the Joint Chiefs of Staff, I want your letters on my desk, resignation, retirement. I'll sort through them. If I want to keep any of you, I'll let you know. I'm making a whole new, whole new, whole new team in the military. I love it. I love it. Where do you live in Indiana, by the way? Crown Point, not too far from Chicago. Oh, lovely. All right. In the VA. All right, dude. Well, you take care of yourself. God bless you. And, uh, and thanks for your service, and have a uh, wonderful Memorial Day weekend, okay? You too. Good luck with All right. yourself. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Here's Donald Trump. Justice will only be done when we have thrown this repulsive political class the hell out of office. We have to get them out. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. And now I say to you again tonight, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And I took a lot of heat for this one, but I only mean it in the proper way. 
For those who have been wronged and betrayed, of which there are many people out there that have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. We will take care of it. Yeah, what's wrong with that? What is wrong with that? I, I want retribution. I want payback. I want people to go to jail. I want people to be fired wholesale, indicted, put on trial, and thrown in prison. Absolutely. I want everybody involved in attempting to throw the 2016 election, including Hillary Clinton. I want everybody involved in throwing the 2020 election, involved in the FBI, the CIA, the DHS. I want them all subpoenaed, indicted, put on trial, and put in jail. If you call that retribution, then fine. I'm completely fine with it, and I think most people are. All right, let's take a break and come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. What part of abuses and usurpations do you not understand? It's The Rob Carson Show. Newsmax is reporting that uh, Ron DeSantis will announce his candidacy tomorrow, candidacy tomorrow on Twitter with Elon Musk. That's kind of interesting. I don't know if Elon Musk is uh, choosing sides. have no idea, but uh, we will see. Not a surprise that, uh, you know, DeSantis is going to uh, run, but we'll see. Anyway, Cheryl in Pikesville, Maryland, she is a DeSantis fan. Hello there, Cheryl. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Hi, Rob. Thanks so much for taking my call. Love your program. Thank you. So I am an independent woman, conservative, and according to the pundits, I decided the last election, <laughs> okay? So... I'm just going to quickly tell you that I am a former Democrat, okay? I used to think of myself as a Reagan Democrat, and I left the Democrat Party after uh, Mr. Obama's first term because I was incredibly disappointed, and I said they are never going to do what they have promised to do. I've watched this party for 50 years, and they promise, promise, and they never do it. So... I am now a conservative independent, and I am looking at this race, and I'm saying to myself, I cannot live another four years in this country under Mr. Biden, okay? He has destroyed this country systematically, probably done it on purpose. I cannot stand another four years of this. And the last election was so close, so razor-thin close between the two of them, and we know it's because they rigged the election, I can't live through another election like that. I do not want to see another matchup between Trump and Biden because I know what the Democrats are going to do, and I'm not sure that the Republicans are up to snuff to match it. So in that respect, think, now Cheryl, do you I think like to do, see Mr. DeSantis. I really would like to see Governor DeSantis get the nomination the only reason is because you have to get elected to lead. And if Mr. Trump cannot get elected, what good is he? Well, why did you think that he's not going to be elected? And why would you think that the media and the deep state would be uh, uh, amenable to a free and fair election if Ron DeSantis ran? They're not. And that's the point. I mean, okay. the conservatives all know we don't listen to them anymore because they're in the tank for Democrats. They might as well just be the propaganda arm of the Democrat Party. Their, but, but, uh, their lies are destroying this country. We don't listen to them anymore. So yes. people who are concerned about this country, whether this country will be economically viable going forward, whether your money is going to be worth anything going forward, okay, they're looking at this next election 
as, gee, you know, this could be the, the place where I get off, okay? This could be where I leave America, well, Cheryl, Cheryl let, me, let me ask you this. I mean, uh, you know that uh, the, the media is going to do the same thing to Ron DeSantis, uh, and, and, and he has no experience. He, he has very little experience defending himself. I mean, you may mention, I, I may mention the guest. Okay. No, I disagree with that, Rob. I watched him while he was in Congress, and he was very good at defending his position. I think maybe a lot of people see him as a rhino because he's uh, with the establishment. But I've seen him oh, be strong on conservative principles, and I also would like to see retribution. And I, I am just concerned that former President Trump cannot get elected in this political environment. There are just too many people who have demonized him to the point where people who are stupid and who don't listen and don't follow politics— they're just going to listen to the sound bites and say he's evil. I talked to somebody the other day, a Democrat, who told me they were a Reagan Democrat, and they said, I think Trump is evil. Okay. okay? Well, Cheryl, I get I, that from. Well, the media, but Cheryl, they're going to do the same thing to Ron DeSantis. Well, so I, if, you, if you think I this is going away, if you think this drama is going away, they're just going to switch it to somebody else. And they're going to continue the same crap. We have now until the 2024 election. I don't think that they're going to be able to demonize him as much. All right, Cheryl. Thanks for the phone. Okay. Thank you, Rob. You bet. You bet. You bet. Um, Okay. That's fine. You can believe what you want. Um, But Donald Trump has taken seven years of this. Donald Trump uh, lost, supposedly, the election in 2020. You actually admit, Cheryl, actually admitted that the federal government was involved in throwing that election, and the reason she doesn't want Trump to run again is because she doesn't want that to happen again. Uh, the problem is, no matter who runs, they're going to do that. The good thing is, and I'm just, I'll just uh, defend, uh, and you, you vote for vote for DeSantis, he's fine, uh, but I will tell you that there is no one, I don't believe there's anyone more, better equipped to take on the deep state, having been in Washington, D.C. as a president, and having his second term taken from him, than Donald Trump to take on the deep state. Uh, no matter who runs the Democrat Party, you're going to treat the Republican candidate the same way, whether it's Trump or DeSantis, and DeSantis does not have some sort of miracle shield to stop him. The Democrat Party will crush him just like they tried to crush Trump. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. If you don't like his opinion, see the First Amendment and get back to us. It's The Rob Carson Show. As promised last hour... Chris Markowski, the watchdog on Wall Street, joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. How are you, my friend? I'm doing fine, but if I see that, that you hear me now, guy, I'm going to give him a little punch in a get belly. <laughs> so you had like a phone. You, you, you had a Verizon blackout where you are? Uh, yeah. yeah. That's not good. Well, we're glad you're here. So I want to ask you this, Chris. Uh, what do you think about these budget negotiations? Apparently, McCarthy met with Biden. Nothing was done. They're, of course, holding the possibility of a, a default above our heads like they always do or a government shutdown or a whatever. Uh, what's going to happen, Chris, and what's it going to mean for you and me? Well, first and foremost, there's not going to be any default on our debt. It's just not going to happen. There's more than enough money that's coming in to pay for our the interest on our debt that that's you know buying stone around the 14th amendment of the constitution and he obviously hasn't read the constitution he can't 
go ahead and unilaterally raise the debt. However, he did unilaterally uh, get rid of student loan payments, and that's going to be in front of the Supreme Court. Um, we're still collecting taxes. I, I still got to pay my quarterlies. The money is still going to come in. You know, I-, I looked at some of the numbers here, and, and you know, the-, the amount of money that came in in June, excuse me, in June, excuse me, in a- uh, March and April far exceeds. It's not even close uh, to what we have to pay on our uh, national debt. Basically, Janet Yellen's job is she's going to have to prioritize. And what's going to happen is you're going to prioritize our national debt, 14th Amendment, and then it's going to be Social Security and Medicare. And that's where you're going to see other types of cuts coming here, there, and everywhere. That's just the reality of the situation. This scare agreement that they keep trying to put on everybody when it comes to uh, we're going to default, it's nonsensical. It really is. Well, it, it, it's always been a uh, uh, an arrow in the quiver of Democrats to say that there would be a government shutdown. I was in Washington D.C. the last time one happened, and I and I saw the idiocy of it, the uh, the politicization of it. It's used generally by Democrats because they know the Republicans will take the blame no matter what happens. Um, they, for instance, shut down all the federal monuments. You couldn't go to the Vietnam yeah. Veterans Memorial, and it took more people actually on horseback to keep people away from the yeah. memorial. Than to keep it open. So they've always tried this crap on us, Chris. And I got to tell you, I think it's ringing hollow with the American people because so many of us have had to default and so many of us have lost our homes and our businesses because of government policy, whether that be the the uh, the, uh, the bank crisis in 2008 or whether that be the COVID crisis created by an overzealous government. I think the American people are like, you know what? Screw you. I've seen the bottom here and stop trying to threaten me when I have suffered as much as I have. Yeah, and, you know, the funny thing is, too, it ends up turning into a paid vacation for all those government workers in the because they just give them the money that uh, they would have gotten anyway, and they don't have to work. It's like a paid vacation, another one. The, the numbers are this. Uh, federal tax receipts March $313 billion. Interest payment on the debt, $67 billion. Uh, April, $639 billion. Interest payment, $62 billion. More than enough money coming in. You don't have to default on a darn thing. You know what happens if we did a default, though? Uh, I've done a little research. It would mean that the federal government would have to get all of its furniture from Rent-A-Center, and all of the vehicles would come from buy-here-pay-here places where you pay 30% interest. That's, the, that's what happens when you default, and your credit rating gets affected. So. Yeah. <laughs> it got affected a little bit last <clears throat> You know, with, with Carrie, and it was, again, I think it was the, rate, the rating agencies are bought and sold like anybody else, as we know back from 2008, 2009. And don't tell me that John Kerry and Obama, the Obama administration, didn't get them on the phone uh, to pressure John Boehner at the time uh, to, to cave on certain things, because they did. Like I said, the, the S&P and Moody's are bought. Yeah. I was doing a little research myself. Uh, 16 times since 1950, the central bank has raised the cost of borrowing to fight inflation. This is the uh, the Band-Aid that Democrats always come up with. They just raise interest rates. Then we ended up to, with Welcome Back Carter. Uh, right now we are energy dependent and uh, interest rates are going through the ceiling. I was a child when Jimmy Carter was the president, but it kind of sounds like we're headed in that direction, although I don't think we'll get to 18 and 20 percent interest rates. Uh, what are your thoughts about the the only arrow that the Democrats have in their quiver to uh, fight inflation and uh, and what we need to do to actually turn the economy around, like lowering taxes, decreasing regulation and whatnot? Well, we're dealing with really bad policies that almost are going back almost 20 years. 
Um, when you don't price money properly, and money is basically, for all intents and purposes, free, and it's, it's you know ultra-low interest rates, below market interest rates, you're going to run into all sorts of problems, and money is going to flow to the wrong places. Uh, people, when money is free, uh, you can say a lot of dumb things uh, happen uh, on a regular yes. basis. Now, yes. where rates are right now, I mean, everybody's like, okay, rates, they raised them, you know, 10 times in a row, which is a lot. It's extraordinary. It's more than they did back in the 1980s, but not nearly to that level. Uh, it's most certainly a shock to the system, and many companies out there that don't have very good business plans are going to be hurting. Many people that, that overextended themselves in, in real estate are going to be hurt by this. But, you know, I'd be honest with you. I, if rates settle right where they are right now, I, I'd be thrilled. I just kind of want the Fed to go away because there's a flip side to this, too. I mean, again, I manage money for people. And for almost 20 years now, people that are you know, senior citizens or people close to retirement that had to keep a certain portion of their portfolio in cash were getting nothing on that cash. Yeah. At least they're getting something at this point in time. And again, you're going to find a flight to quality when it comes to stocks, when it comes to investments, and you're going to see a lot of the junk and the garbage go away. Um, I don't know if you saw this article, but uh, apparently the most popular uh, uh, stores that are growing by leaps and bounds across the country, including uh, uh, 34,000 new locations since 2019, are dollar stores. These are Dollar General. These are uh, the Dollar Tree and whatnot, which shows that people are uh, so cash-strapped for money, they're going to dollar stores for groceries instead of uh, Walmart and Target. Uh, now, that's good news for dollar stores. Um, what are your thoughts on the economy and the rise of the dollar store to feed people? Well, it's, again, the inflation problem is, is a myriad of different things, and quite frankly, the Fed can't fix it. A lot of it, again, it comes from Washington, D.C. You know, we pay over $2 trillion a year in regulatory costs. Uh, we also can throw in, obviously, there was the avian flu. Um, you mentioned energy prices skyrocketing, supply chain issues, a myriad of things. But, again, that's, it, it, you know, that's what people have to pay for. That's the inflation that really matters is the stuff that we need to live on on any given day. And, you know, it's, it's gone up and, a, a, you know, it's gone parabolic over the past year, year and a half. But it has been consistently rising, uh, really hurting people's budgets. Uh, all across the country, and that's why you're seeing that. What do you think is going to happen this year, Chris? I mean, this is the uh, pre-election year. Uh, there's a lot of weirdness going to be happening, certainly in the election year. What's going to happen uh, with inflation this year, do you suppose? I don't see it going anywhere. I, I think it's going to be, they call it remaining sticky. I think it's going to take a while for it to come down. You know, it's interesting as you're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of companies out there that, that have a lot of, you know, inventory or built-up costs in products that they had already built and they don't want to lose money on them. They're all got to work through all of that through the system before we see prices uh, come down. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't see we're going to see much of a break. But the idea that the Fed could fix this is patently absurd. What we need to start doing is we've got to start working on the supply side of the economy and growing it. Um, yep. that's, that needs to be done. You know, raising interest rates and putting people out of work, <laughs> to me, is, it doesn't make any sense. Never did. Uh, yeah, I, I mean... Pushing if, out there, saying, hey, you know what? We got to get rid of inflation by putting people on the unemployment lines. I said, you out of your mind? Yeah, you know, exactly. There's two sides to that equation. We, we could increase the supply. That would be helpful, and, yeah. and that would bring prices down. 
Yeah. Chris Markowski, I want to thank you for being on uh, the show today, and I wish you the very best this Memorial Day weekend. You've got the uh, Watchdog on Wall Street radio show. Where can people find you on social media, sir? Oh, just go to our website, watchdogonwallstreet.com. You can find me everywhere. All right, brother. Have a glorious weekend. We'll talk again soon. You got it. Have a good one. All right, all right. Let's talk about uh, something completely different, shall we? Let's talk about uh, uh, gender. Conf- it's time for a gender confusion update. That's what it is. Time for a gender confusion. Gender confusion. What is my gender today? Hey, hey. Gender confusion. Hey, hey. This is what I happens. Teach my elementary school students about gender identity. When you, uh, you you have people who have been indoctrinated from uh, kindergarten through uh, college, when they are in the workforce, the State Department is offering free counseling to agency employees devastated by a new IT future feature, I should say, that accidentally misgendered some employees. Of all the things, you know what? We live in a great country where we are so fat and bloated by whatever, by living large, by never experiencing a real loss, you know, not having to dig through garbage in India, being born into a caste system, that we are so butthurt by being called the wrong pronoun that we need some sort of uh, counseling because of it. Call me she. I don't even care. You call me a she. I don't even care. I'll say, you know what? You're an idiot. Go, go away. There you go. Last week, the State Department was asked about pronouns appearing in the... Uh, 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 the, from the from line of employees' emails who did not manually add them. So basically, the State Department decided to put preferred pronouns in company emails. And it was actually, there was a, an AP reporter who uh, confronted a State Department spokesman about last week because he thought it was so incredibly stupid. Why? Uh, this is not an optional thing. This is something that has been just ar- arbitrarily imposed. And I you know, understand that people could have their pronouns attached if they wanted them, to a signature before, but this is not something that anyone has a choice about. and Because it's compelled speech. So I'm just wondering why and who, who made this decision. Well, Matt, I um, have not seen this uh, phenomenon for myself. Whereas before it did not have any of these pronouns attached to the uh, sender's name, it now does. And I've also been told from other people that, that the problem is, is that a lot of them, or at least some of them so far, as far as I've been able to tell, are wrong. Yeah, so apparently the uh, a mix-up, the from line of emails randomly displayed incorrect pronouns, leaving some State Department employees shocked and confused by the glitch. One employee, employee said, a lot of people here have been triggered. Has, you know what, and if you, if you ever, if you were working for me at, at, a, at, a, at a business and you said that something I said triggered you, I'd find a real quick way to fire you. Here's a little bit more from the exchange from the AP reporter asking about the idiocy of State Department pronouns. Pronouns. I, again, so men not, are being identified as women and women as I've, men. And this has nothing to do with whatever transgender or not any, seen, any, anything like that. What, what, but it's ridiculous. This, this phenomenon has not made its way to my outlook, but I, I will, well, I'm happy to check I, on and this. And, of course, like any government official, he has no clue about it, even though he knows about it. Please. The uh, uh, State Department CIO Kelly Fletcher sent a department-wide email apologizing for the mishap. In the email, she said, any employee who feels hurt or upset as a result of this unfortunate mistake should contact the agency's employee consultation to speak to a professional counselor. And if you are so 
unbelievably messed up that somebody calling you the wrong pronoun in an email, then really you should consider being institutionalized or at least heavily medicated because honestly, wow, seriously? Yeah. And then the, the email goes on. I want to stress that the intent behind making this feature available is to make our systems more inclusive and provide employees with options not to make decisions for them. How about some children uh, not be put in charge anymore? How about we start with that? Uh, I do want to, before I go, share the one story about a, uh, uh, a young woman named Adeline Johnson who uh, worked her entire life for her senior year in track and was uh, kicked out, essentially, of the state championships by a boy who decided to run as a girl his senior year. We've had enough with this crap. This has got to end there has to be a boycott of sports that include men competing against women. It has to become a national movement. We will share that coming up. This is The Rob Carson Show. If you're looking for a woke take on current events, just go back to sleep because you're not getting it here. It's The Rob Carson Show. So Lake Ridge High School students have apparently been removing tampon dispensers off the walls of bathrooms, depositing them in the toilet. Uh, this is in Oregon, and, and this is what happens when you mess with boys. All right, this is what happens when you mess with young men. The, uh, the radical transgender movement goes after women because they perceive women as weak. And uh, that's wrong, by the way. I'm married to a very strong woman. My mother was a very strong woman. But that's what they have done. And unfortunately, nobody has fought back. Everybody's been afraid of offending someone, but I am not. Oregon state law requires public schools to supply free tampons and sanitary pads in bathroom dispensers, including restrooms designated for males. But the men, the young men in these schools, are taking them off the wall and putting them in the toilet because they think they're stupid, and they are. This is a, an email from the school. Each time that a dispensers are taken down, the school needs to spend time and resources putting them back up in order to be compliant with the bill. We are asking our student body to be respectful of school property and to be sensitive to all of our students' needs. And the boys are throwing them away because it is, uh, it is uh, and this is what uh, Parents Defending Education says, this isn't about vandalizing school property. and We know that's bad. The boys are signaling that they are not girls and they want to be left alone. It is appalling that any school district is furthering the bizarre agenda from the left where they neglect science and believe men require tampons. Aren't the teachers supposed to be teaching them elementary facts like, I don't know, anatomy? Yeah, and you know what? Yeah, you don't want to, to certainly vandalize, but at the same time, uh, young men, they don't need this. They don't need this humiliation. So I don't blame them for tearing the damn things off the damn wall. And I don't have a problem with it, to be quite honest. If you do something stupid like that and you invade their space, this is how men react. That's why the transgender movement goes after women by sneaking men into their locker rooms to bear their genitals in front of women. And the women feel like they're being psychosexually assaulted. And they are. And they just run them over. So California senior Adeline Johnson, 18, placed fourth in the Varsity Girls 1600 meals, uh, meter finals at the CIF North Coast section meet. This girl practiced her whole life to compete and was beaten by a guy who calls himself Athena Ryan. 
this uh, young girl, Adeline Johnson, as she's going to step up on the fourth place pedestal and be uh, eliminated from the state championship race. She put the thumbs down, and now her family is terrified that she made the thumbs down motion, and all of the, uh, the, the radical left are starting to attack these people, this family. The, brand, the school where she goes to said they support and commend all the athletes who participated despite parents claiming they feared their children being disqualified if they spoke out against transgender athletes, and that's what the school is doing. The uh, the teachers have been told that, that they've been advised that they are, are not protected as a family. Anything we say falls under the student code of conduct. If we don't follow the guidelines, then it is construed as bully, bullying. They can't protect our girls from being disqualified, so I understand why nobody wants to speak out. So every time a girl speaks out against this injustice, this young girl's dreams being taken away from her, imagine living with that, living your entire life running against girls in your senior year, you are kicked out of the state championship where you've been going to school every day, arriving before and leaving after everyone else. And this jackweed decides to identify as a girl and beat you so your dreams get flushed down the toilet. Then the school says you can't say anything about it. We're done with this. We're done with this. And what we have to do is what is what uh, Riley Gaines is saying. Boycott all events. Give governing bodies a big thumbs down. I agree. And every time that a girl steps to a starting line or steps to a, uh, a block where they're, they're swimming against a male competitor, they need to step back and not race. End of story. That's what has to be done. That's what has to be done. There you go. Let's take a break, come back, and wrap up the show. This is The Rob Carson Show. Guys, have a glorious day. Thanks for joining me. Watch Newsmax tonight. Carrie Lake responds to an unjust court decision. Uh, take care of yourselves, guys. God bless you. And until tomorrow, do not catch the stupid. See you then.